Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host today. Today on the show, my guest is Natasha Smith. Natasha is a technician at a Toyota dealership in Queensland, Australia. Um, I've actually never met anybody from Australia before, so it's kind of an added bonus of getting to chat with her on the show here today. Um, in 2019, Natasha actually won the Toyota National Skills Competition that we're going to talk to her about today. And in doing so, became the first female to ever win this competition. So really, really cool. Uh, we're going to talk to her about that, uh, about her experience in the field as a female, You know how we can hopefully attract more females to get into the automotive industry, and a few other things as well. So I'm excited to get into this interview. Let's jump right in. Well, good morning or good evening, <laughs> Natasha, depending on how you look at it. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well. You're about 15 hours in the future from where I'm at <laughs> right now. Uh, how, how's Thursday looking? Should I just stay home today or what? Doesn't look too bad, actually. <laughs> well, over here anyway. All right. So yeah, you're uh, you're down in Australia. What uh, what part of Australia are you in? I'm in Queensland. So if you look at Australia, it's kind of the right hand side of it. Okay, okay. Are you actually on the coast? Um, I'm kind of inland, actually. Okay. Um, not too inland, but enough that the beach is still a good hour and a half or so away from us. Awesome. Well, yeah. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast with me today. Um, PJ Walter connected me with you and uh, saying all kinds of awesome stuff about you. So I definitely wanted to chat and uh, talk about some of the stuff you got going on with Toyota. Um, for the for the listeners of the podcast, uh, could you just share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm a 22-year-old mechanic at Motorama Toyota, which is situated um, on the outskirts of Brisbane in Australia. Um, I started my apprenticeship when I was 17, and I've only recently become qualified just about a year ago. And yeah, I ended up winning this, um, the national skills program, uh, not even a year after I was qualified. So it's been a pretty good achievement. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. So this, this, uh, national skills competition, uh, can you, can you tell me what's, what's involved with that? Um, so the no t- uh, Toyota national skills, um, program is actually, across 95 different countries um so it's very worldwide it's not just australia um okay so each state has um so there's different levels so um the first level you complete 
um, like an online exam um, with Toyota. And then if you make the top five usually, um, you then go to compete at round two, which is actually a practical in front of the judges for the area. Okay. Um, so I won that four months after I became qualified, which wow. was, it was a pretty, <laughs> it was a pretty intimidating experience to put it in one way. Um, we then, after then they, um, sent us to Melbourne, which is in another state in Queensland. And I competed against the four other guys from across Australia who had also won for their state. Okay. So there's a pretty brutal task, few tasks in Melbourne. Um, I'd never personally been there before. So we kind of just did what we could and ended up, <laughs> I won, a, won against those four guys. So it's wow. kind of where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> That's really cool. So what do they actually have you doing for this competition? Um, so we do... We did three practical tasks in Melbourne. Um, one of them was um, manual transmission. So um, like working out gear ratios and all that kind of stuff. Um, we also then had um, a repl- like we had to replace first gear in a CBT out of a new crawler. Okay. And that one, that was different because you don't pull we haven't pulled one apart or I personally hadn't pulled one apart prior to this um so I had to pull it apart strip it and inspect and replace first gear and try and get it done within the time period um I I didn't get it all done but um apparently no one else did either okay (laughs) it was a pretty different tasks, like different um, experience, that's for sure. We then had a, like, sort of like a customization feature on a Corolla, which we then um, just mainly knowing how you can manipulate the system and what you can and can't do with accessories and stuff like that on a car. So that was the main thing. And then um, obviously Toyota, we have a repair manual that we use so that was another stage where they give you like a hundred questions and you just try and answer as many as you can in the time period. Okay. Just based off information in the manual. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So going into the actual challenge, you don't know what you're going to be working on. Is that correct? Yeah, that's hundred percent correct. We have zero idea okay. what they're going to throw at us on the day. It's so all you, highly you, classified. <laughs> You can't practice at home on something. No, most certainly not. No. Okay. Well, yeah, that, like you said, that's got to be intimidating, uh, you know, no matter who you are, uh, just, uh, you know, doing your job and being good at it's one thing, but then uh, under pressure competition against the clock and stuff like that, that's definitely got to be, <laughs> got to be nerve wracking for sure. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> I, I, hadn't prepared myself enough that's for sure but hey you won so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it I mean if 
I was to do it again and it would be four completely different um, topics, I may not have won. Okay. I think it was just that what I did know was more than what the others knew. Like if I was to do it again, I may not have won, but it's... It was definitely experience and a half. That's for sure. Okay. Do they uh, do they hold that competition yearly? Yeah. So it's held every year. It's been held for the last thirty five years, and um, I'm actually the first female that's ever won within oh, nice. those thirty five years. So um, it makes me the first female globally to have ever won. So that's pretty exciting and. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, I, I love seeing not only just females in the automotive industry, but successful females, uh, you know, where they come in and really do well. And so I teach at a local community college and, you know, we're really trying to, uh, encourage more females to get into the industry because um, I, I don't know about where you're at, but here in the States, it's always been a male dominated industry where it's, you know, 95% is, is all male. And, you know, we're trying to change that. So again, I, I love seeing women in the industry. What, what's your experience been uh, as a female in the auto industry? Um, it, definitely has its days um i've found throughout the five or so years that i've been doing this that you get amazing people that just love that there's a female out there trying to you know do the best they can and strive and all that kind of thing but then there's also people that are very old school who don't like having women touch their vehicles and I've definitely had a few encounters with customers that I've faced that just haven't approved whether or not I am the best or whether I'm not, it, it didn't matter. And I think that's always one thing that I've had in the back of my mind. It's, it's like trying to prove to everyone that just because I am a female, it doesn't matter. You you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. So you just got to learn and take it as it is every day. Yeah. Then that's, I, I don't know which, which mindset's more difficult to shift if it's the public or, um, you know, the people within our industry, cause I've seen it both ways. Like you say, I've seen uh, customers who yeah, don't want their vehicles serviced by one of our female employees, or I've seen other technicians, service writers, people within the shop also, kind of look down on or whatever, whatever you want to consider it, not, not, not giving the the females in the industry, the, you know, the opportunities they should have, the chances they should have. So um, yeah, it, it, it's about shifting the mindset uh, of everybody that we can and it, making it appealing for other females, you know, to actually get into the industry. Do you have any ideas or advice on, you know, how we as the auto industry can attract more uh, females to get into this as a career? Um, I definitely think it takes a special kind of someone to do it. Like you have to have a thick skin 
it's it's not going to be an easy road, but it's not going to be an easy road for anyone. I guess if you're passionate about it, go for it and don't let anyone get in the way of what you want to achieve. You just have to believe in what you can do and if you can't do it, ask someone for help. Don't just jump in and do something that you're not like comfortable doing. Just Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one, but yeah, at the end of the day, like you just have to believe in yourself really. Yeah, I've always I've always said that you know, the more role models that we have, you know, for young people to go into this industry, the the easier it is for them to to want to get into it. And you know, on the male side of it, most most guys growing up, they had a dad, an uncle, somebody they knew, a real a male role model who was out in the garage tinkering with something, fixing something, and that was something to look up to. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of women that I know, they didn't have that you know female role model. So I think one of the one of the really important things is people like you, you know showing that you obviously can be very successful doing this. And it's now something that, you know, maybe a younger girl's considering this in high school, they're like, okay, well, here's somebody who's doing really well. Uh, that's, that's a reason to give me some confidence to get into this. Cause you know, a lot of people, even my wife says, she's like, I wish somebody in high school would have told me about the trades. She's like, I would have, I would have went and been a welder or something like that. But she didn't even know, she didn't even know that was an option for her um, when she was in school. So um, I, I think like you doing what you're doing, uh, it's really going to really going to help people in the long run see somebody who can be successful. I think that's a very important thing. Like I have a young daughter myself, and my partner and I, like we want her to do whatever she wants to do, and. I think maybe having myself achieve what I have that I can be that positive role model for others to kind of walk in and go, well, she did it. Why can't I? And if even if one person has that mindset from seeing what I've done, then everything's been worth it. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what actually got you into automotive as a career choice? I've grown up on acreage since I was a young child. Um, Always following dad around, always playing with tractors, machinery, cars, quads, you name it. Okay. And I definitely just, like I was always that child that held the torch in the wrong spot, but (laughs) (laughs) I just... I loved doing what I did and I guess as I grew up I just found a love for it and I I wasn't a child that wanted to go and sit in a classroom and study or sit at a computer and do that I always wanted to be hands-on and involved in fixing things. Um, Do they have automotive programs in high school there? Where I grew up? Yeah. They don't. Um but they quite possibly have got it in the city. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Yeah, we're kind of struggling with that around here. 
traditionally there was a lot of automotive programs for the younger kids in high school and stuff. And they're kind of taking some of them away uh, because it's, it's an expensive program to run. Um, but that's where I know that's where a lot of kids get exposed to it for the first time. I mean, there's, there's people like you and, and myself, you grow up doing this stuff. Um, but if you live in the city, if you live in an apartment, you might not even have a, a chance to do that sort of stuff. So those, uh, those high school programs are really important, you know, where they, where they can run. Um, so I like to ask all my guests if they have any interesting vehicle problems that they've had recently. This is, you know, it's a, it's a diagnostic podcast. We talk about, uh, you know, figuring out different vehicle problems. Um, do you have anything you could share with us as far as something you've worked on recently, maybe any interesting problems or anything like that? Um, electrical wise, probably not, but we did have one car that, um, had a rattle. I know it sounds really basic, but sometimes those aren't so basic. (laughs) (laughs) Most certainly like this rattle had us stumped for almost a whole day. And, you know, like you start at the basics, like, you know, you take, you try and find the rough area and kind of go from there. But this car, we had the entire dash pulled out. Oh boy. You name it. And you can only get the noise to happen at two and a half grand revs in second gear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> any okay. other time, any other time, it wouldn't happen. So it was a mission between road testing and pulling bits out to try and figure out what's going on. Um, <laughs> after many, many bad words. <laughs> <laughs> And what seemed like an entire car dismantled, it wasn't even in the dash. It was in the engine bay. The AC lines had been bent and were touching together and it was vibrating through the firewall into the HVAC unit in the dash, which was making the noise. So so it sounded like it was an interior noise, but it was coming from outside. Most certainly, like you couldn't hear it outside whatsoever. It had, oh. it was just transferring all the way through into Weird. the dash. And yeah, once we found it, it took two seconds <laughs> <laughs> to fix it. Oh, man. But it was probably one of the most frustrating issues I've had. That's for I'll, sure. I'll tell you what, I will take an electrical problem any day over a noise complaint. I mean, yeah, sometimes they're easy, but... I've gotten my butt kicked on some noise uh, complaints over the years, trying to trying to track down where they're at. Um, I I had one one time. It was a piece of weather stripping around the windshield, and when you drive down the road, this thing would come loose and it would start slapping the top of the car oh. in the wind. But when you'd slow down, it would kind of go back into place. And it sounded like something was like rattling around inside the vehicle. It, it really did. And I'm looking on the headliner and tearing stuff apart. And I can't find this stupid thing. And then finally I was on a road test. <laughs> um, I had, I had the other tech drive the car and I'd like stick my head out the window and look up and around. And I see this <laughs> stupid piece of weather 
strip and slapping around. And yeah, that stuff can just be, just be terrible. I, I feel bad for dealership techs that have to deal with these new cars. Cause I got to imagine they're coming in for every little squeak and rattle on these things. They, yeah, they most certainly do. And in this particular case, this person had been to two or three other dealerships and they couldn't figure it out. Okay. So it was kind of the lifeline and they were already frustrated about the situation. So it was find it, do whatever you got to do to find it. And once we did find it, felt like an idiot but <laughs> it well, was there was no other way of figuring it out so that, that's the thing it's it's always something something simple to actually fix it a little panel or a screw or what whatever it might be but um yeah get, getting to getting to the heart of those noise issues can be that it's like an art form to find that stuff it's it's actually way more work than you'd think oh most certainly well, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, the other thing I like to ask all my guests um, is if you have any type of recommendation for, um, you know, not only a younger technician um, that's it's growing their skills, but just anybody that's looking to improve themselves within this industry. Um, do you have any recommendations you'd like to offer? And this could be like a training resource. It could be a tool. It could be a video anything like that. I highly recommend people to watch PJ's diagnostic podcasts because they are incredible. Um, he definitely knows his stuff and I have seen them over the time and I'd only recently got to know sort of him as a sort of as a person after I won this because he had no idea I existed. But even just watching videos from people that have done this for years and have achieved so much, every little bit helps when, especially when they've seen everything before. So I definitely think whether it's not so much a tool or not, just listening to others, listening to people who have been around for a long time and just take their experience and grow with it. Yeah, that's that's huge to uh, be able to use uh, experience from other people. And the nice part is, is there are a lot of helpful people out there willing to share, like PJ. And that's... Um, trying to think of the name of his channel, uh, voltage drop diagnostics. On Diagnostic. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got some great videos on there, but yeah, all the people out there that are willing to share their knowledge, <laughs> why not soak that up? And, uh, it's it, like you said, years worth of experience, uh, you're getting into some of these videos and, uh, instructionals and stuff like that. Uh, it, <laughs> It's it's all it's almost a crime they get it for free on YouTube, but why not take advantage? You know, that's it. It's it honestly makes a massive difference because um, obviously I've only been in the industry for five years, so I do not have the industry experience like someone like him. So growing from that and being able to watch and see what they do, it helps. And it gives you ideas for your own personal diagnostic stuff because you've seen it, seen someone else do something similar. 
Yeah, kind of inspires you to try some different things that you might not have thought of otherwise, too. Um, that's that's the other thing is nobody can do this on their own. Uh, getting getting some different perspective from someone else uh, can be it can be so so big. Uh, you just got to be got to be open to it. Got to get get out there and find it. So that's uh, that's some great advice there. Well, hey, um, do you have uh, anything else you'd like to share with us today? Off the top of my head, no, but I guess I just, if anyone can make a difference, like let me be an example to push through and never give up. Like I just, I'm, I'm young, like I'm young. I've not been around long, but you've just got to, even if, even if no one else believes in what you can do, just keep pushing, keep trying, keep doing what you want to do. I just can't stress that enough. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just never give up. Uh, you just gotta, gotta keep pushing. If it's your dream, your passion, just yeah, make it happen. That's, that's great. But I, I think, uh, yeah, you, you said you're young, but you've, uh, you've got quite the future ahead of you. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I look forward to seeing, seeing what you do out there. Thank you. Let's hope that I can keep going and <laughs> do something well and keep achieving goals. So the sky's the limit, honestly. Okay, one more big thank you to Natasha for coming on the podcast with me today. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed talking to her. I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. I appreciate all the feedback I've been getting on the show. Uh, Hey, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, come on and talk cars with me, uh, shoot me a message. Facebook's probably the easiest way to do that. Uh, you can find our Facebook group. Uh, it's just named Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes, uh, but reach out and I'd love to hear from you. Other than that, let's get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.